Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, how you folks doing? Welcome back to another edition of the Con and Bob podcast. I'm here today with this weird looking fella. His name's Robert. How you doing, man? It's me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm well. I'm, uh, you know, annoyed with certain things, you know, technical difficulties we've been, I've been having for almost an hour now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, geez, it has but been. We're, we're recording and we're good now, so hopefully, knock on wood. Yep, hopefully we're going to be able to get through this podcast today. We're going to try to keep it a little bit shorter uh, than the normal hour and a half tag mark we've been hitting. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, with, with Monday Night Raw this week, there wasn't too much eventful to cover with it, as is. It was mostly... No, it was, like, it was a fine episode. It was, it was fine, but it was mostly, like I would say, a filler. You can feel that we're two weeks out from WrestleMania, yeah. that they're waiting for next week to deliver the big go-home thing. Like you could feel that with this beat the Which, clock challenge and the rehashing of a Dean Ambrose, Drew McIntyre, you felt that it was a little bit of a, yeah. a filler show, right? Which was annoying because this week's SmackDown felt like a go home show. It did. It, it's really it had, it had some big moments that felt go home ish, but I guess next week will be very like storyline driven it'll be yeah, like yeah, to yeah. really get us invested in those rivalries or the storylines and that stuff so mm-hmm. it, it truly is a contrast in styles when you look at raw and smackdown right now oh yeah and, and part of me has to believe like because if you think back to a few years ago smackdown live was the one that was getting like no attention and raw was the one getting all the good stories all the good moments yeah and now what it almost feels like is is it feels like smackdown live their writers have just been a little more careful with their storytelling and the way that they book things. Um, they seem to care a little bit more about wins and losses and trying to get the the people in the ring over with the fans at home. It, it's just a complete contrast in styles right now where Monday Night Raw seems to be all about the heels and then Tuesday Night SmackDown seems to be all about building up these underdog baby faces. It's, yeah. it's been a really interesting to watch unfold in front of us and it, part of me wonders is if maybe they swapped around the writers or something and put their A writers on SmackDown for the upcoming move to Fox. And that's why SmackDown has been in so much better quality than Raw over the last little bit. I feel like SmackDown has been higher quality than Raw, though, for basically since the brand split. Well, I mean, there was that Jinder Mahal time. That wasn't very yes. good. But well, their main yes, but, but during that it entire was still time, like, really good. Well, because think about that. I'm going to completely interrupt you, man. I'm sorry. I know that you're probably going to make a good point, but they they had that Jinder Mahal era, and during that era, the only good thing to come out of SmackDown Live was New Day versus the Usos. That was it, right? For a while, their Raw was much better than uh, SmackDown. It started out in like 2016 with the brand split, with SmackDown being miles better than Raw. Then it kind of flipped back, and now it's flipped back again. Yeah, the tag division, and I would I would say that the again the U.S. title when when Jinder Mahal was the world champion, it felt like the U.S. title was SmackDown's main title, mm-hmm. and that was a problem because the SmackDown U.S. title was flip flopped a lot. It was it was put in what was supposed to be big storylines, but didn't get a lot of big payoff. Um, the end result was just putting a, the title back on AJ Styles, right? The uh, the world yeah. title. So, you know, I, I mean, I guess that gave us a year-long run with AJ Styles, but for the most part, that Jinder era was some bad SmackDown Live, for the most part. And But other than that, you're right. SmackDown has been much better than Raw, other than that little era, I would say. Yeah, like, since the brand split, if you had to take it 
Uh, I was, yeah, like I was just saying, basically, it's, um, as a collective, I've preferred SmackDown over Raw since the brand split. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That's I think that's a lot of people's opinions on the the matter, right? They they prefer SmackDown. It's more focused on the in ring action and all that. But without further ado, let's get right into it. Monday Night Raw. Let's start off with the Beat the Clock Challenge. I haven't seen a Beat the Clock Challenge in forever. I remember oh, wow. growing up like they used to do that throughout the shows. They would it would just be like occasional segments, but they would have a Beat the Clock Challenge, and you know sometimes it'd be like a seven eight minute match, and you got to try to beat it. And then they have another match, and the person just beats it, and the final person would beat that time. And it was a good way to tell a story. This way, though, that they did the beat the clock challenge was a little more different. It all happened back to back to back, and it was really, really quick. I liked the idea yeah. of Ronda Rousey going out there, setting the time, and being like an impossible time to beat. Um, like Almost an impossible time, right? But yeah, uh, it was it was good. What do you think about the beat the clock uh, segment? I enjoyed that it was one segment. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like I I didn't not like it when it used to be across the entire show, but I think I enjoyed it more that it was all one segment. It felt like, "Oh, I'm invested in this entire thing now, not let me see the start of it and then six match or four matches later like, "Oh yeah, that's happening." And then two matches after that. "Oh yeah." So, I liked that it was all at once. I I liked that um like you said, Ronda went first because she's supposed to be the dominant one. And then I like that Charlotte didn't win, but how they like didn't beat the time, but how they had it happen was locked in the figure eight with like three seconds left. And then Ruby just held on before the buzzer. And then, uh, yeah, and then Becky got a quicker pinfall and that was nice. Uh, I-, I liked it. Wait, I'm trying to remember back. Becky made her tap out with like a few seconds remaining correct is that how the finish went uh, no becky got a roll up right uh, like a jackknife jackknife pinfall thank you long week of wrestling um, so many finishes I, to talk about <laughs> i think i don't even think it was like close i think it was like 50 something seconds left okay or 50 something seconds into it one of the uh, maybe 50 seconds in yeah, so there was, was still like 15 seconds sounds a little bit closer to that like how much time there was, was still like there was like still like 20 seconds or something along those lines left mm-hmm. and i was like oh that was a lot more time than i thought there was gonna be yeah no it was it was, it was fine it was good uh thing that i particularly liked about it is that uh ruby riot was protected she didn't tap out to the figure eight mm-hmm. uh she just instead got to roll out of the ring. It, it sucks, you know, once again, we're seeing these the Riot Squad be that stepping stone for everybody, right? That heel group that you just send out there, they can put on a good match with anybody, and it's like, all right, just go out there and put the other person over. It's unfortunate that is that is the Riot Squad right now. Um, hopefully there will be big things in store for them in the future because they are certainly putting over Ronda Rousey, putting over Becky Lynch, like they are putting them over without the Riot Squad. This WrestleMania main event doesn't have as much oomph behind it. Yeah, 100%. I I do like how they did the Riot Squad a little bit of justice in this Beat the Clock because uh, Sarah got in a lot of offense against Ronda and moments that almost like could have 
Well, I mean, when, when we're speaking person. about a lot of offense, you're talking within a minute 24. I, I can't say they yeah, did like, too much justice for the Riot Squad mm-hmm. losing that quick. No, 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 <laughs> that quickly. But, like, Sarah did get a lot of offense, and, like, she had the upper hand on Ronda almost the whole match. Mm-hmm. Ronda got, like, a nice hit in and then hit her with uh, the... Oh, yeah, but then, then, she then, she, with, then, and then she just started the out, She started out the match by running away as well. Like I know what she was trying to do was kill the time, obviously. And then when she slid back in the ring, goes on the offense. But when that was thirty seconds of the match, running around the outside, she got like a couple shots in before Ronda yeah. Rousey took over. Like yes, but she got more to... offense in than Ronda. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you she that. She got more offense in than Ronda, and a few moments where they like the commentary team again was like selling it but i even thought like imagine she just won because like there were some moves that i was like oh that would put some serious damage down yep and then uh and then obviously ruby not tapping at all and letting the clock essentially burn and then uh live got rolled up so there wasn't anything really that was like oh it sucks like yeah they got like it, it wasn't like ding 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 run them over pin them one two three Yes, but it also was like all the matches were less than a minute 24, so you can say, uh, or a minute 24 exactly or less, but you can say that the Riot Squad looked okay in the match, that's for sure. I wouldn't say that you you can say that they did good justice by them by having them all lose other than Riot fairly quickly, but at the end of the day, they were in there against the top stars in the women's division, putting them over two weeks before WrestleMania. That's not a bad place to be. It really is. Well, they did them justice in the aspect that uh, maybe justice is the wrong word, but they did them justice (laughs) in the aspect. Well, no, it's like it's all relative, right? Like relative justice, because they did justice as best as you can in a beat the clock challenge when you're going to lose. Okay. Right. Fair enough. When it's not against each other, like it's their purpose in it is nothing. Their purpose in it, all three was to lose basically. If all three lost, ever no one would have been like, "What? All three lost?" Like it would have made sense. No, I absolutely agree. No problem with that. Just the word, so, the word, the idea of justice by losing in that short of time. It, eh, well, eh, it's like eh. real life. No justice is fair. All right, <laughs> justice isn't real. Eh. All right, Balor versus uh, Lashley and Mahal. Uh, this, I mean, I'm just going to pass this right on over to you because the last time we were on the podcast, you said you were done with this story. So take don't it away, Mr. It. Bob. No, I legitimately don't want to talk about this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, so you're cool, done with that? Cool. Finn, Finn gets his title opportunity at Mania. Great. We're getting a Finn Balor match at Mania. That's nice. Maybe we get Demon Finn. I think we have um, to, right? It would be fun, but I, it's just. Again, yeah. Yeah, like I honestly, right from the start, if I were Bobby Lashley and my partner, Leo Rush, comes out and says, I've got a replacement, I would damn sure hope it's somebody better than Jinder Mahal. (laughs) When's the last time that guy won, like, in seriousness, right? Like, in all seriousness, like, Leo Rush couldn't find a better replacement than Mahal for Bobby Lashley? 
you know, like, uh, I, I, whatever. That's just like a little nitpick thing. Obviously, you're not going to put anybody too good in there when they're in there to take the loss against Finn. But really, just from a storyline perspective, Lars Sullivan, (laughs) (laughs) just literally from a storyline perspective, you could literally pick anybody else on the roster and they would do better than Mahal. (laughs) <laughs> so it's just yeah. a weird choice. But then again, you know, it's an easy pin for Finn Balor to advance the story to WrestleMania, even though it's a story we are tired of talking about and tired of having. This has to end with Finn Balor with the title over his head at WrestleMania and then frig off Bobby Lashley. Stay away from Finn after yeah. that. Or vice versa. I don't or even care versa. at this sure. point. Yeah. I don't even care at this point if Bobby retains it. Just stop telling us the same story and telling us it's new. Yep. I agree. Like, or not even telling us this new, just stop telling us the same story unless it's Ray versus Andrade. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's the only story that I'm okay. Or like Uso's a new day, which we will get to. Ooh, I loved that. We but... are going to get to that one. We are going to have to get there fairly quickly though. So let's go on to the next match. Black and Ricochet versus the revival. Again, this match happens again. You know, it was solid in the ring. Um, Felt like they were holding back a little bit for a future match, potentially WrestleMania. It was good, certainly. I just continue to have a problem with the champs losing. And I know we all love Ricochet and and Aleister Black. Like, Ricochet might be my favorite performer on the roster right now. Like, he is awesome. But I don't like seeing top guys lose, especially when their whole gimmick is top guys. You know, we are supposed to be the best tag team in the world as the revival, and they are losing. They keep losing tag team matches. They they lost to like going way back. Like if you think about this, losing to the B team, losing to Lucha House Party, now losing you know to Chad Gable and Bobby Roode and Alistair Black and Ricochet. These are the matches how they've gone down, and it, it's it's surprising that they're champions right now. To be quite honest, when you look at how much they have lost. It really yeah. is surprising that they're champions. And to a casual viewer, how can they even buy the Revival saying they're the best tag team in the world, that they're top guys? How can they? They lose. The other thing, too, like, I liked it and I didn't is how they lost. And again, this was an audio thing that you probably didn't hear, but they lost and then they went over and got their titles and then they told the announcer to say and still your raw tag team champions the revival I, I, I did hear that yeah like i i heard that part which i was like okay i like it on the aspect of like oh they lost but they're like hey we're still the champs like it's just that cocky heel type thing to do but at the same time i'm like yeah but you've lost a thousand times when your titles aren't on the line. Yeah. Are you really a champion if all you do is lose? Like, that's really, like, at the end of the day, if the Pittsburgh Penguins, let's say, were always the eighth-seeded team, but they won in the playoffs, they are still Stanley Cup champions. But to get to the championship, you have to win. You have yeah. to win all those rounds. And, like, the Revival is not winning any single rounds. You know, they, they really aren't. If you want to look at it like in a playoff format, they do not win enough to advance up the bracket. They don't. And yet somehow they're the champs. Yep. All right. It's dumb. Drew promo. I believe that was next, correct? The Drew and Roman Reigns promo? Yes. yes. So, anyways, uh, before I even say anything about the promo, I love this feud. I missed Roman Reigns. I Everything yep. about this man is proof 
how big of a superstar he is. Seriously, he's amazing. I like it. I like how Roman Reigns came right out in the promo, basically said, don't talk about my family, and then punched him right in the face, kept his words short and sweet, and speaking with his fists. That is the Roman Reigns that got over in the Shield way back in the day, and that's the type of Roman Reigns that is going to get over in this modern day. Yeah, I I, uh, loved the sinisterness of McIntyre's promo, and I loved the kind of fed up persona of Roman Reigns. Like, I'm just... And, like, I loved the aspect of Roman isn't saying this. Like, like this isn't from Roman. It's from Joe. Yeah, like, that's what he said. And then he's just like... I like that they're kind of going to that break the fourth wall type thing, right? Everyone knows. Yeah, and I, I think I've I've mentioned this in the past before that I believe that this is where wrestling is going is more of a blur the line type of reality shoot, shoot type of feel to wrestling. I think that's where we're going, especially with Twitter becoming a bigger part. We're seeing like the women's division really use Twitter to help get stories over. And it's proof that it's working. Becky Lynch, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey are the main event. And that was essentially a feud carried through Twitter. Um, Yeah. So like, I I believe that that is where we're going, where you're going to start to see more people refer to other people by their real name in vicious storylines. Uh, we're going to see more blur the lines type of reality. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, once the move to Fox happens, I would not be surprised at all if, like, Fox Sports is covering WWE and you're seeing, like, you know, interviews and shoots happen on TSN, let's say, or ESPN, whatever it may be. I know that's not Fox, but you get what I'm saying, right? I believe yeah. we're going to move in a direction where it's going to be viewed as more real and um, less fake because everybody knows it's fake now so they're going to try to make it yeah. seem real again well I like to the um oh, I had it I think the Fox will be good I think I just like how it feels right now yeah like I like all this and um oh there was something to do with like the shoot aspect using their real names and just like kind of just blurring those lines is really good right now. It's getting me excited. Oh, I was going to say like some of our favorite rivalries in the past, and we've talked about it a ton of times, um, things that get us really excited for a match or for a rivalry is when you see into the superstars real life, right? Like bringing Wendy into the mix. Yeah. That was a really edge and edge and John Cena, like in like the dad and all these different things of like going to their homes and all those times that we're seeing like the little speck of like real life Mm -hmm. superstar. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is really exciting now because it seems more real. It seems more personal and it's intense. Yeah. So I like that that's kind of the way that they're headed. Me too. It's awesome to see. Um, and I mean, honestly, with the social media age, everybody knows. Everybody's aware, right? Everybody knows that this is scripted. So let's give us a reason to buy into the shows again. Let's make it seem a little bit more real. And they're doing a good job with it. I really yeah. am enjoying it. Okay. Then we had Natalia versus Sasha Banks in a short match. Uh, and that's not really like you know the story. The story is Beth Phoenix coming into the ring and wrecking havoc, looking really good while doing so. I'm excited for the tag team match, and uh, yeah. 
yeah, it, the match is going to be what? The Fatal 4-Way? Iconics versus Naya and Tamina versus Boston Hug versus Natalia and, uh, and Beth Phoenix? Yeah. I'm down for that. Hell yeah. I'm excited for it. I hope it's a legitimate Fatal 4-Tag Team match, not the stupid 4-Way no, tag it, match. Dude, it is totally going to be the stupid Fatal 4-Way 2-in-the-ring match, isn't it? it yeah. It's totally going to be. But the only thing that I will say is... Uh, we had one title defense where, at least televised or pay-per-view or whatever, that was first Nia Jackson Tamina. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, they won the title in a six-team elimination chamber. So now we're getting a fatal four-way for the titles. That's the only thing I will say is, like, I'm not – Sure, I think it's the match is going to be great, and I'm excited for the match and everything. I just don't like the concept of you win it in a six person, like six team match, and now all of a sudden you're defending it in a fatal four way with only one title defense in between. Okay, I I do understand where you're getting that, and where you're going with that. I will say this much: it does make sense from the storyline of Sasha and Bailey. Yeah going around and saying we are willing to defend these titles against absolutely anybody anywhere. They need to walk out of WrestleMania still holding the championships. They have or to. Or they make those titles iconic. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I love the iconics, but it, it, the WrestleMania moment needs to be Sasha and Bailey standing tall at the end holding those titles high because Sasha can't win at pay-per-views. We know this. And that's that's also that's a reason why we need to see it. We need to see her start to win. But little thing that I had mentioned here on my notes is that I love the idea of having Sasha Banks and Bailey as tweeners. You know, not quite heels, but not quite baby faces. They're going to they're going to speak some smack to you if you uh get in their way. And I like that. It's it's a good thing to have for especially Sasha Banks, who's a much better heel than she is a babyface. Um, and yeah. I, I really want to see Bailey in this role. I know you and me have talked about it many times that Bailey as a heel is intriguing. It, it would be cool to see. So let's start to see a little bit darker of a side, a little more vicious side of Bailey as this tweener role, who is taking on all comers for the championships. Yeah. Uh, anything else on that? Or are we good to move on? Tamina's still terrible. <laughs> yeah, That's she it. is. She's terrible. Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews. Uh, so Apollo Crews had that match against Kurt Angle a couple oh, weeks back. Are we back. skipping over the moment of bliss thing? Yeah, because that sucks. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. joking. Let's go back. I totally skipped on my notes, though. Yeah, moment well, of basically bliss. just, yeah. uh, like, it's not much. We don't have to stay on it. Basically just uh, Colin Jost and... Michael Che from SNL, the weekend update. They are in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Which I hate. Braun is going to murder them. Which I'm going to love. And Alexa is amazing. And that's all. Yep. All right. Yep. The one thing I'm going to say with this is that I love the addition of celebrities when they are not going into a match. Keep them the frig out of the ring. That's all I got to say with celebrities. Put them in a backstage role. I don't care for WrestleMania, but I hate seeing celebrities wrestle in a ring. Didn't like it with Gronk. Didn't like it with Drew Carey. Don't like it with these guys. Yeah, but in all fairness, they never really wrestle. No, they but just still, I don't like it. You know, it's, do the smallest think, thing. Picture this, okay? If you want WWE, picture, okay, MMA, because that's like the next closest thing to WWE, so UFC. 
And then after that, you can picture, like, you know, the all-star basketball game if you want. Which one is WWE closer to being? Well, with the celebrity involvement, the all-star basketball game sometimes. And that is not always the most fun thing to watch. Sure, it's like, ah, we'll get a kick out of this, but when's the real thing start? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't like the involvement of celebrities uh, in matches. I like the involvement of them backstage, so long as that is just cross-promotion for WWE. But getting in a ring? Ugh, not my thing. Corbin versus Cruz. Okay, so Apollo Cruz wrestling against Kurt Angle a few weeks ago. He had a good showing in his farewell tour and now gets buried down by Baron Corbin. 50-50 booking. Isn't it awesome? Uh, solid showing from both of them, though. It just didn't do much to help further either of them. Like, Baron Corbin was already, I guess, as over as he's going to be with the crowd before WrestleMania. And burying Apollo Cruz is probably not the best direction. But anyways, your thoughts. Yeah, it, I don't know. I was like, oh, it's nice that Apollo's getting a match. And it was kind of obvious that he was going to lose because Corbin's Corbin and his role on the card. But it just, like you said, it sucks because he had a great showing against Angle and that was a really nice little thing. And It felt like that was supposed to be the start of his little push in the right direction yeah and then instead they're like by the way go lose to Baron mm -hmm. one thing I will say Apollo is at least being on TV on a regular basis now compare that to the start of the year when he or like start of last year when he was with like Titus Worldwide or whatever barely getting on TV oh yeah yeah uh, at least he's on TV I think there is something brewing for Apollo Crews it just might be after WrestleMania, and this was his last a kind match of match against Titus Worldwide. Well, let me actually Hello? ask you something. What about the idea of say somebody like Apollo Cruz winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? You know, yeah, like, I can see that. That that would be a good push in the right direction for a guy like Apollo Cruz. Um, he could use the win, and it's one of those wins where I truly believe a lower mid-card star should win it because it is a chance for them to be pushed. Baron Corbin won it a few years ago. Uh, Big Show won it before that. Like, who else has won it in that time? Did Braun win it last uh, year? No, he was in the tag match last year. He was last year. Last year. Doesn't matter. But you see what I mean? Like, is It just could push people up the card a little bit. Like Baron Corbin, I'd say, is probably the best winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal so far, the most successful one. Like, yeah, Big Show and did it towards the end it, of his career. And made it more notable. Like, like it was important when Baron won it. When he won, he, like, bragged about it, mm -hmm. and it was a thing, right? It was like, his call-up, too, wasn't it? It was in his call-up match that he won the Andre the Giant Memorial that was, Battle yeah, Royal. That was, yeah, that was his debut match mm -hmm. on the main roster so, side yeah. of things. Yeah, he would definitely be the, I think, the most successful one to win the Andre. Oh, was it Matt Hardy that won it last year? No. 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 I... Um, Frey, I can't remember for the life of me. Oh, well, doesn't matter too much. Let's yeah. move on to... Well, that's, that's just to prove how insignificant it was to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, we have no idea. Yeah, seriously. All right, Seth Mojo, Rollins. did Mojo win one year? Oh, was Mojo last year? Yeah, Mojo definitely won it. Was he last year with Gronk? That was the Gronk thing, Yeah, wasn't that was it? the Gronk. Was that last year or was that two years ago? It feels like it was two years ago, but I can't know. Um, 
Hmm. Regardless. Yep. All right, let's move on to Seth Rollins' promo. Take it away, my friend. What would you think about it? Yeah, Seth is good. Paul's good. Uh, I'm. It's weird because, like, I'm already excited for this match. So now they're basically just coming out and saying the same things. Oh, it was Matt Hardy. Sorry to interrupt. It was Matt Hardy last year. Was oh, it? It was. Huh. Okay. They really made use of that, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> God. So. I, yeah, go ahead. I'm, um, oh, was that when we started the Deleter of Worlds? Bray Wyatt returned and. To help him eliminate. Mm, to help him eliminate someone. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm already, as like a fan who watches weekly and everything, I'm already excited for this match. They don't need to sell me on it. Okay. And they're not really doing anything new for those that are already invested. It's helpful for people who are very casual, like who missed the last couple weeks and come in now and stuff like that. But it was one of those promo segments that you could really feel was for the um, the video package. You know, the, that yeah. little video package that they do. They had the notes. They had the lines that they had to hit. Uh, they all delivered. They were all done well. Yeah. It got me excited again for the match. Like I think this was the best promo of the buildup without adding anything new to the story at the same time. You know, it was a, a good promo in terms of Seth's delivery. Uh, it, it got got me excited for the match again, which, you know, is always good with a promo, but it definitely, like you said, it didn't add anything extra to the feud. Um, no. Which I, I don't think oh. really needs to happen right now. We're looking no, at like they the, don't need some of the other feuds. They are heavily booked, and this is just a straight-up Royal Rumble winner versus, um, versus champ. And the only thing now is he's got the fans behind him because he's fighting for the fans to bring the championship back. Yeah. So that little note, I guess, has been added into the story that he is fighting for the fans. It was always presumed that he was fighting for the fans, you know, to bring the championship back, but they officially said it yeah. in this story. I will I will add, uh, I love Paul Heyman. Oh, Just so good. When Seth came out and, like, Paul dropped and was like, and, again, you probably didn't hear it because I know you don't hear a lot of the show, but Paul fell and, like, was down, and he goes... I'm just an advocate. Yeah, I'm just yeah, an advocate. Enough, and then yeah. he's like, he's like, I want, I, I want you to win. I want you to win. And he was saying that he's like, no, like, I, I, I don't care. I want you to win. I was, I was kidding. I want you to win. <laughs> Hearing him be like, I want you to win. I don't care. It's you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever you want. I want you to win. Don't hurt me. I was like, Paul is just great at what he does. So damn good. So damn good. Let's talk about Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle, the TNA match throwback. The I believe the first thing that was thrown in this match was a headbutt, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and they like kind of got all tight and close and then yep. just... So that headbutt is a direct callback to how one of their matches started in TNA like a decade ago. T- yeah. uh, it was Samoa Joe that headbutted Kurt Angle, right, to start off? Is that how that was? Or was it Angle that headbutted On Monday? Joe? Yeah, on, on Monday. On Monday, it was Joe Joe headbutted. Okay. So then the one that TNA was, it was Kurt Angle headbutting Samoa Joe. So it's literally 
full circle decade later uh, TNA match in WWE for the first time and the way that they both started off was a headbutt from one and then a headbutt to the other it was awesome I love that little thing Um, the match was very solid very very solid like Kurt Angle shows he can still go in the ring if you put a competent worker against him who can who looks like he's going to beat the living crap out of the old man like Samoa Joe's a perfect opponent for Kurt Angle Um, it was awesome storytelling not the greatest technical match but the story nonetheless was amazing Mm -hmm. and the way that they told it I bought into every second of it yeah I will I enjoyed it I liked it I I think yeah like they've got chemistry they've had matches in the past I like that they sold it it's a match that we did haven't seen like they've had a rivalry like they sold it a storied rivalry out the first time in WWE or something yeah that's how they kind of referenced it um I will say from a logical standpoint Joe needs to just let go of people when he gets pinned. <laughs> yes, he does. He, he loses so much, <laughs> so much by choking people. And then just they roll over on top of him and he just stays choking them. I'm like, just let go. Just let go, man. Just let go for a second. <laughs> it is or hilarious. Like, I, don't, I don't just stop. <laughs> it is honestly hilarious because, yes, he does lose a lot. By choking I think this people. Is the, I think this <laughs> like, is the third time that this has happened. And three is too many times when that's his finishing move. Yes, I do agree. Like when that's his finishing move and that's how they're reversing it and he continues to lose like that, just let go of them. Like yeah. from a logical standpoint, obviously wrestling, you have wrestling, to throw logic yeah. out the window. But I, from like the logic in my mind, I just laugh and I'm like, just let go, man. Just let go. Like, just, yeah. All you had to do there was just like, oh it's, shit, it's that's like the, a two count. I'll just let go. It's like the same thing when people Irish whip people off the ropes and then bend down and then are waiting there for the person to like to come to deliver a back yeah. body drop, but they hang onto the ropes and they just stay bent over. It's like, dude, look up. <laughs> just look <Yeah>. up. <laughs> So many things. Oh, or man. the run. Uh, Irish whipping does kill me. I'm like, just stop running. Yeah, just stop <laughs> running. It's just like somebody throws you. It's like, no, that's not how legs work. If you throw somebody yeah, by an I arm, their you, legs don't automatically move. <laughs> if I threw you in a room that's only six feet long and I tried to throw you there, you you would be able to stop yourself before the wall. You'd certainly be able to stop yourself after you hit the ropes. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Oh, well, we're, I guess we're not running anymore. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, wrestling logic. It's all right. so good. Uh, all right. Speaking of so good, though, Triple H's promo. Best segment of Monday Night Raw, in my opinion. I think it was really, really good. His uh, his comedy at the start, was, I felt like it was like a little weird way to start it off, but Triple H can pull comedy and seriousness and mesh them together perfectly. It's what he's always been good at doing. Um, I, I do have a question, though, for you, man. Is this, in fact, Triple H's last match? I I think it is. So you so you're thinking he's got the loss at WrestleMania to push back? I don't know that that I don't know that he's losing. Oh, okay, interesting. That I was thinking about this while the promo was happening, and he said that how he's like, oh, if I lose, I retire, I don't wrestle again. And I thought about it. I was like, maybe like it feels like something where the good guy should win. Right, WrestleMania, Batista beat the shit out of a seventy-year-old man on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like something where Triple H is the good guy. Like he should win. So I'm like, if he does, 
maybe he just goes out and he's like, listen, I don't have anything to prove in this ring. Like on the Monday Night Raw after he officially retires from in ring and he sticks to like his role as a as the COO and the kind of authority figure. Yeah, because it does seem like the Batista match is the last match on his resume that he needs to kind of check off. Mm -hmm. You know, he's had every other big match that there is ever possibly to have. Like, he's wrestled like everybody. Batista, though, he hasn't beaten Batista, right? And that is the whole story about this. So it's it could be a nice little bookend to his career if he beats Batista. Yep. I could also see WWE, though, saying Batista is a giant Marvel star now. Let's push him as this relentless badass in WWE, right? And how do you put him over by putting him over Triple H and retiring him? It's going to be interesting at WrestleMania because I legit don't know how this match is going to go down. I don't. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. I think it's going to be an awesome match. I'm just excited to find out as a fan. And I honestly think it could be like a double retirement. Like could be. Uh, I can see it just being like, listen, this is Batista's swan song because he doesn't, like, he's in this world of acting now, right? Like, he's going to continue doing that. And he wants to do that. And it's... The only thing I'm going to say there, to sorry to interrupt, but, like, um, when does Avengers uh, Endgame go out again? In a month. In a month? So it's not quite, like, it won't be... uh, SummerSlam time, right? That they would be no. like going throughout the summer. So, yeah, okay. I was gonna but say Guardians but, Three is announced already. Is it? Uh, I wonder when that's coming out. Because I think twenty twenty. Because I could totally see WWE wanting to keep him around as a uh, a mega movie star, you know, who wrestles in the WWE occasionally. It'd be tough to see yeah. this being his swan song if he's got more movies coming up, right? In the near future. Yeah, know. well, if if they're filming Guardians 3, because James Gunn just got reappointed as the director of Guardians 3. So it, if they're filming Guardians 3, if it comes out in 2020, they're probably filming it this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll just wait and see for WrestleMania and see if the movie star sticks around or if it's going to be Triple H putting an end to the animal. Let's go on to our main event, man. It is Drew McIntyre versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, like I was saying to you just before the pod, I, I thought this match was not nearly as good as their match a couple weeks ago. I I think it slightly missed the mark for whatever reason. I, I it just felt a little off. It felt like they should have been at each other's throats a little bit more in this last man standing match, making it feel a little bit more vicious. And if anything, giving more fuel to this Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre feud and it just didn't do that in my opinion yeah it uh I don't know I just kind of am chuckling constantly about Dean because I feel like if he's leaving WWE I feel like they're like well we're still going to utilize your star power uh week after week you have to be in the most ridiculous, most aggressive matches and lose every week and just, oh yeah, two to three falls or like, or what was it? Falls count anywhere or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And how about a uh, last man standing match? And what's next week? Like an Iron Man match? Is he going to, and 
I love how he's just so confident every week. He's like, I'm still here. Like, let's go again. And I'm like, dude, you've lost three weeks in a row to this guy. You keep getting your ass kicked. Stop. And then he's like, no, let's go even crazier. He's like, first person to jump off the Titan Tron. I'm like, what? Why would you do that? <laughs> That's a terrible idea, Dean. And he's just like, nah. It's a first person. Whoever survives getting hit by a bus. I'm like, you're just trying <laughs> to get hurt, man. Stop. Oh, my God. Uh, and oh, the, the, ridiculous. the messed up thing, he doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even That's have a I mean, match it's... at Mania. Like, it's hilarious. Honestly, I think he's probably going to be in the Andre the Giant. Um, but, like, literally, it's like... Dean Ambrose like, would... losing, though, a week after week. It, it honestly just thinks... It, it makes me think of one thing. It's like, this is either WWE purposely trying to make us feel like he's on his way out the door, right? And this is just... They're going to build him up after all the losses or something with some sort of quick turn or... I don't know. Or... This is WWE essentially trying to squash the star power of Dean Ambrose on his way out of WWE. If he wants yeah. to go sign somewhere else, maybe he's interested in AEW. Maybe he's interested in uh, New Japan. Maybe he's interested in Ring of Honor, wherever. WWE could very well be looking at this saying, okay, this is a star who could be a megastar anywhere. Let's hurt his value before he leaves the company yeah. by having him lose week in and week out. That, that is entirely possible. Yeah, and he's still a star name, so it's like we're yeah. going to have him on the card because he brings people in. But it's like just have him in the most ridiculous, like aggressive matches that hurts your body. Uh, have him lose every single week. Yeah, let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's taking some, he's taking some like nasty looking bumps at times where you're like, ah. It's been very vicious, to be quite honest. Like, Drew yeah. is not a light worker at all. You know, he's, uh, he hits hard and yeah. he goes hard. So good for Dean though, for trying to put on entertaining matches every single time he goes out there when he knows that yeah. he's losing. Cause it, that would be the toughest thing, man. Imagine knowing you're on your way out of the company and going out there and competing in like the hardest matches, like you're saying, and still giving it 110%. And still going mm -hmm. out there for the fans every single night, and I'm sure he's mm -hmm. still cleaning up on uh, on house shows. I'm sure I'm sure he's still like the the go to guy with everything like that because it seems like that's what he's been since coming back. Um, yeah, yeah. Like Dean is a absolute star, and if he doesn't come back to WWE, I do hope that he gets the opportunity to be a top star in whatever promotion he goes to. Yeah. Could go Which back he to will, he will yeah. be if he if he goes anywhere, he's going to be basically a top three guy. He would be essentially. Is it safe to say like the the equivalent of like a Scott Hall leaving WWE for WCW, like that type of star leaving that star power? Yeah, I would think that's pretty accurate in terms of yeah, pretty them being pretty, relatively the same. Yeah, like him or Diesel were pretty up there, and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So if if AEW say happened to uh, land Dean Ambrose, that would be a giant signing for the company. I would love, I would love an AEW uh, if he went to AEW. Dean Ambrose versus Chris Jericho. Oh my god! I, again, imagine they bring back that. Uh, what was it? That weird Ambrose Asylum match. Do you remember that? Where they had like the mop bucket hanging from the ceiling oh, yeah. and like all that. <laughs> In AEW. No, I don't want that. I don't no. want that. But I um I think it would be great because Jericho is much more aggressive on the 
quote-unquote independent scene. He's a much more aggressive character. His matches seem very malicious. So having that Chris Jericho, that psychotic, malicious Chris Jericho Mm -hmm. against an even more psychotic and malicious Dean Ambrose, who is free to be much more insane on the... um... Imagine Dean's promos when he can get really dark. Imagine how dark went... Because John Moxley got dark. (laughs) That's what got him to WWE. So if he does leave WWE, let's see a John Moxley character resurface. I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, why do you say we move on to SmackDown Live? Let's get at sure. it. Kofi Kingston and the New Day start off Monday night or Wednesday night. Nope, Tuesday night, Bob. There Tuesday. we go. <laughs> and Tuesday night, Bob. Tuesday night, Bob. Tuesday night, SmackDown. My God, it's been a long week. Holy crap. Anyways, what do you think about the promo? Because I loved it to start it off. Yeah. Uh, I think Vince has been amazing. I think um, New Day was amazing. I think that Daniel Bryan did a great job of starting to annoy Mm -hmm. a little bit, where you're like, oh my God, shut the hell up. Yeah. Right? Like every single thing that Vince said. Daniel would jump in and interrupt and overspeak. And I'm like, oh, he's going to piss off Vince where Vince is like, you know what? Like you get Kofi at Mania or something. I was like, something's going to happen. And then he, and he might continue to, he might piss off Vince next week I hope where then does. Vince makes it where Vince is like, well, I'm not changing. Or he's like, you're right. I will change the match, but I'll make it a steel cage match or so, like something where Rowan can't be involved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just to be like, like you've pissed me off to the next level. I am really intrigued by what's going to happen next week on SmackDown with Vince McMahon. It feels like there's another hurdle still for the New Day that they're going to have to try to overcome. Yeah. And I don't know what it could be. And Vince, I'm like finding myself watch a lot of his, uh, a lot of his words and how he says things Mm -hmm. because he. At the end of the show, after it was done, he said the whoever was interviewing him was like, oh, so this means Kofi's going to Mania. And he's like, Kofi Kingston's going to WrestleMania. And I'm like, say to fight for the WWE Championship against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, seriously. And, and he, he wouldn't say he it. He didn't even say that. He didn't <laughs> even say that. He's like, I guess the next question is, can he beat the WWE Champion Daniel Bryan? And I was like, Shit, he's not even, again, he's not saying that it's for the title or that he's fighting at Mania for the title. He's just stating facts. Yeah. He's like, can he beat her? I don't know. I don't know if he can beat him. Can a B-plus like, player beat Daniel Bryan? Like, it's just, I, I feel like there is something more, and I don't know what it is next week. I really, yeah. really do. Very excited, but let's get to the end of SmackDown where we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, but to get there, we got to go through the entire show. So the rest of the New Day uh, Vince McMahon segment was awesome. Obviously, like you said, Daniel Bryan interrupting is pretty good. Hope to see that more of his character moving forward because Bryan is he's doing such a great job at losing a lot, but getting over with the fans again with his mic work. You know, he's 
he's putting everybody over when he's in the ring with them. Like, he has lost to how many mm-hmm. people since becoming a heel? Like, losing to Mustafa every. Ali, losing to, uh, like, Kofi Kingston, losing cool. to absolutely everybody except for the Elimination Chamber match, which I think is really awesome. Um, but, yeah, yep. great, great segment. Uh, good way to start off the show. And I loved the addition of... Uh, Biggie and Xavier having to fight for Kofi Kingston saying you've had it you've gotten all your chances this is out of your hands now it's up to your brothers and I'm like good storytelling very yeah. good storytelling and the announcement of a gauntlet match as a tag team match as well got me really intrigued because you don't see that happen very often no I, I yeah you don't see that often and again this kind of comes again up week after week on the podcast if you go back and watch or listen to any of them or if you've been watching or listening to any of them uh i mean the fans not you obviously (laughs) you try to pay attention to it while you're doing it uh the the thing that week after week after week after week i have said about this specific storyline is how much i have loved the brotherhood and the dedication that biggie and xavier have had and like that support for kofi kingston and i'm like man to then be like hey you can fight at wrestlemania for the title like you can do it if they win it for you Mm -hmm. so now i'm like man like this is like it hits me in the feels it's just like that's brotherhood man like that is that love, that friendship that you only get from having like someone like that, right? I'm like, that's that's that brotherhood shit that I'm like, ah, oh, I love it so much. And we'll get to the gauntlet match because it was it was amazing. Yep, awesome, awesome stuff. We'll talk about it in just a few moments. Um, let's talk about those Charlotte and Oscar. Arguably the biggest controversy of the week, I would say. Uh, probably the biggest controversy of the week, I would say, in WWE. Asuka losing her championship to Charlotte Flair. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a, a few moments here to just talk about this because I th- I think this is a good thing. And a lot of people did not agree with my thoughts on this. So I just kind of want to go, go explain what's going through my mind and why this is a good thing. So, Charlotte Flair is now an eight-time women's champion. She has broken all the records. Her character right now is that she gets handed absolutely everything. She has been handpicked by Vince, and in her defense, it's because she has been dominating the women's division for years. But she is being handpicked for all these opportunities. She got handpicked again over top of all the the four women who are supposed to compete in the match for the opportunity to go to WrestleMania, got handpicked over top of them, and was giving the match on SmackDown Live against a champion who did not know the match was coming. Awesome storytelling for a heel on so many levels because now the fans legit have a reason to hate Charlotte Flair. Beforehand, what was your legit reason for hating her? She smacked Becky Lynch with a kendo stick? Okay, she was hand-picked by Vince McMahon? Well, she made some good points as to why she belonged in that match. Now, the fans can hate her. And it's so good. And also, like... The fact that Asuka got screwed over, you can play the exact same storyline as you have been playing with Becky Lynch and as you have been playing with Kofi Kingston, a B-plus player 
who can't get it done, and that's why she was handpicked to uh, go up against Charlotte or Charlotte's go up against Oscar. To me, that should be the story going into SummerSlam: Oscar versus Charlotte, main event of SummerSlam. So that is why I think it's a good thing. What are your thoughts? So, to play devil's advocate, please do. Um, on the aspect of, and I'm not saying this is what I believe or not. It's devil's advocate. On the aspect of, I think that they already had reason to hate her. Because I think that she already created that reason due to the handpicking thing. Mm -hmm. And yes, she had some great reasons. But she lost the Royal Rumble. And more importantly, she took over Becky Lynch's spot. Yes, Becky Lynch gained it back. But she was handpicked replacing Becky for no reason when Becky shouldn't have been replaced in the first place. And then when Becky came back and was announced to come back, she had to win her way back in. Mm -hmm. And Charlotte still got to stay in. It wasn't, Becky, if you win against Charlotte, you're in and it's a triple threat match. That's what it was. It wasn't, Becky, if you win against Charlotte, you're in and Charlotte's out. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. It's like, well, she's lost. She lost. Like, why would she get to stay in the match? Right? She didn't win at Royal Rumble. She didn't win at Fastlane. Why is she still in this match? Why do we care? Because Vince handpicked her. Therefore, I think that she, though she does have justification of, I've been dominating for seven years, great. John Cena should not come back tomorrow and be like, I want to fight Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. And Vince is like, okay. People would be pissed. Mm -hmm. People would be pissed. If that was the case, Roman Reigns, if he came back from his leukemia and off stay and they were like, hey, you're in it. It's a triple threat match. Again, people would have been like, oh, it's great because obviously that's a different situation. Roman's a face. He's coming back from leukemia. He's beloved. But at the same time, a lot of fans would be like, that's kind of horseshit. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of horseshit that he just comes back and is like, here's your opportunity. So to play devil's advocate, I think that the fans already had just cause to hate Charlotte. Fair. I think that this, my the thing that I like about it, why I do like it a lot, is the promo right before it. Becky Lynch being interviewed saying, what does Charlotte bring to this match? She brings nothing to this match. She just won the SmackDown Women's Championship. She brings that title into the match. The match is for both titles. Is it? Are you sure about that one? No, it has not. This is what I'm thinking. All right. I, I agree. Not, I'm on the same not announced yeah. yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's for both titles, maybe unification mm -hmm. of the women's title, which you and I have talked about many times. Again, whether they're going towards an all-women show, which would be amazing, mm -hmm. or they're going to utilize the women on every rock. They're kind of shifting away from the brand split again where, hey, we have a major championship on Raw, a major championship on SmackDown, maybe tag titles on each. But, like, the women's division has its own championship and its own tag titles that go across everything. Mm -hmm. Right? And I, I think that would be really interesting to see. I'm going to pull her back to your devil's advocate there because there is a lot of people out there who do think like you were just exactly thinking. And there is absolutely no reason to... Uh, or. Uh, not no reason there is very good reason to hate charlotte flair already very good reason right absolutely 
But the difference is people hated Charlotte Flair because they wanted to root for Becky Lynch. Now they hate Charlotte Flair because they hate Charlotte Flair. There's a big, big, big difference in wrestling. If you're rooting for one person over another versus actually hating a character. People look at Baron Corbin and they can't stand two seconds of him because he is an excellent heel and Charlotte has just gotten on that top level of being the most hated person in the company. She she surpassed Ronda Rousey who is calling the business fake. She is mm-hmm. that hated and for that reason alone it is an amazing idea to put the championship on her. To get a true hated heel at WrestleMania and if Let's say if they don't uh, do this for the unification, right? If they just wanted to put the title onto Charlotte so that they have a hot storyline after WrestleMania on SmackDown Live, then that is a way to do it, right? You could have Asuka's hunt to get back her championship, and that, like I said, could take her all the way till SummerSlam, you know? If they did the storyline right, it could be another Kofi Kingston uh, scenario for the main event of SummerSlam. Like, it very well could be. If they handle it I also right. think... I also think Oscar makes a much better like underdog kind of role than the dominant like powerhouse that we've seen in the past just because it, you want to root for her and like when she first came up to the roster the main roster same thing I saw and I know some people were like she's great but I don't buy the uber dominance of everyone like she was getting like the wins that she was getting were almost underdog wins where I was like, this is supposed to be the longest streak like type thing. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think that she would play that role. Great. So I'm excited for that. Um, from Charlotte standpoint though, to kind of, again, devil's advocate on what you said is she is definitely one of the most hated people in WWE right now for many reasons, but it's a yin and yang. I think that a huge portion of why she became so hated and why she was able to get to that level is because of how beloved Becky is Mm -hmm. and they're playing Charlotte off of Becky. Oh, absolutely. To make her more hated. Oh yeah. So it's not like she's, it's not like she's Baron Corbin hated because Baron Corbin is just hated because he's terrible but he's great he's at being terrible. Yeah, he's great at being right? Like it's yeah. it's not like like Joffrey from Game of Thrones is hated because you're like, oh, this guy's really the good. Thing is, the thing is now terrible. that's that's what they kind of they kind of got Charlotte onto that same level now of Baron Corbin, where fans legit hate her because she is being handpicked for all these opportunities. The yeah. the modern day babyface and the modern day heel is changing by the ever second. He, Fans like to cheer cheer on the bad guys. They don't like when they got to cheer on somebody, they're forced to see something. Something's being forced down their throat. If somebody is forced down your throat, that is a modern heel this day because no fans yeah. want to see it. And she's working people on social media. And it, at the end of the day, it is a great work to get fans to buy into the product and to hate a superstar like... To get, if you got to think about it, Charlotte was uh, cheered, was the top babyface on SmackDown not that long ago, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, and to turn her around to being the biggest heel in WWE, like that's that's a real good accomplishment by both the performer and the writers to be able to do that. 
Yeah. They've done an excellent job with Charlotte's heel turn. Oh, 100%. What I will say is the heel aspect, the hatred of it, of being handpicked, that thing. If Carmella was supposed to fight Asuka Mm -hmm. for the women's title and Charlotte got handpicked and replaced Carmella, people wouldn't care as much. She wouldn't be as much of a hated heel as she is for the Becky side. So I think it's it's she couldn't be as big of a heel without the face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not like, disagreeing with you at, with that at all. Yeah. Like that is how they started the the heel turn. That is how they began to shift the fans uh, who they're rooting for over to Becky Lynch. They they changed the Charlotte fans to Becky fans. It was just you don't get pure hatred without them screwing over a baby face somehow, right? The biggest yeah. heels in WWE history have always screwed over a beloved baby face. And Asuka yeah. just happens to be that beloved baby face right now. And that's good for Asuka. The thing is, Asuka got more over by losing. She yeah. got a lot more fan support. She got a lot more from this loss than she did the Mania loss. Yes. 100%. Big time. And I, I don't think, like... If honestly all WWE is looking to do is to put the women's title in this main event, they want to have all the attention on this women's main event the first time ever the women will be main eventing WrestleMania, I get it, you know? It's a big freaking match, and at the end of the day, it's going to help the women's division tenfold over anything that Asuka could do at WrestleMania, right? Like, And yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way as a shot to Asuka, but she wouldn't be the main event, and putting that title oh. onto Charlotte makes the match even bigger than it was before. And people are going to say it's an overbooked mess, it's it's crap, it's turned to shit, whatever, but it hasn't. People suck. Yeah, people suck. It hasn't. It has been a very good storyline in which mm-hmm. we just got a match that I believe was better than their WrestleMania match on SmackDown Live. Like, yeah. that was better than their Mania match last year, in my opinion. So I enjoyed it a lot. It was a, it was all in all a good segment. You can bitch and moan about the result all you want, but at the end of the day, Charlotte is a mega heel who is now bringing the SmackDown Women's Championship into the main event of WrestleMania, and that is good for the title, the performer, and the WWE. Yeah, and it's funny because, it, like, last note I will say about it: Charlotte couldn't be this current mega heel if it weren't for Becky Lynch's face stardom. Mm -hmm. Becky couldn't have been the face stardom that she was if it weren't for Charlotte's work previously, her heel work prior to. And realistically, Asuka's new found baby face love that is probably going to excel and go over the top wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for Charlotte's healdom. So it's, it's like, it's funny how stardom of heel or face get passed back and forth. It's like, it's literally the Midas touch. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm made of gold. Boom, you've got it. Boom, you've got it. Boom, you've got it. And it just keeps, it's stepping on each other. It's hilarious how that works, but it's it's doing it great. It's doing a great and job. I mean, it's uh, all thanks to writing and storytelling. Because mm-hmm. that's what wrestling is, storytelling. Charlotte is the the villain in any movie. And you can't have a movie without a villain. You know, it's the the classic conflict. Like, very rare, at least, that you have a movie without some sort of villain, right? Same thing in wrestling. To get somebody over, to get a baby face over, you need a good villain. And Charlotte is playing the role to a T. And Mm -hmm. she is awesome at the role. All right, let's go on to Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles. Going into this match, I was super excited. 
But then after the, how long the match was between Charlotte and Oscar, I had this deep feeling in my gut. I was like, Randy Orton's totally going to interfere in this match. And it did not take long. Uh, Randy Orton screwing us all out of a great match that everybody wanted to see. Puts the heel heat onto Randy Orton. It puts a little bit more into AJ Styles, what he's fighting for against Randy Orton. All in all, great little segment, even if it was really short. Yeah, it's uh, the match itself had me, like Kurt looked good again. Yeah. Again, you put him in the ring with someone who's great, and he's gonna look great. Mm-hmm. And um, he looked good again. And AJ obviously is amazing. Is or some might say phenomenal. Some, uh, say, yeah. some like most. <laughs> and so he looked amazing, and he was selling great. And I was excited. I was into it. I loved it. And, of course, Randy Orton's just a dick. The one thing I will say is it was broken up because – how did it get broken up? Randy just RKO'd? Yeah, the match literally just went down. Uh, AJ Styles locked in his calf crusher. Kurt Angle reversed it into the um, ankle lock. And then, yeah, it was RKO, correct? Or was it? Oh, it was RKO. I thought it was an RKO to Hang AJ. Though. Yeah, it might have been. I, I've got the results right here. It was, however, after the two traded submission hours early, Randy Orton ruined the moment by hitting the phenomenal one with an RKO. There you go. So so he, the funny thing is, on WWE.com, if you go to Tuesday Night SmackDown Live um, and go to results, in the results it says, it doesn't say a finish, whereas it says Charlotte Flair defeated Asuka for the title. It says Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles was interrupted by Randy Orton. And I'm like, well, technically AJ Styles won. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, it's kind of funny that that's how they're wording it because they don't want, they want Kurt to win, 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 win yeah. <laughs> to WrestleMania, right? Yep, it's amazing how they bend on the thing. rules, eh? Like they bend yeah. the rules for what qualifies as a win and what qualifies as a loss. And WWE I was like, "This just, is it." Yeah, <laughs> it's. I was it's, like, "This is straight up a disqualification win for AJ Styles. He got hit with an RKO while the match was going on." <laughs> that's a that, DQ. I, like, I get it, but that's a disqualification. AJ Styles is your winner. One little thing That's I want to say about this at the end. I feel so bad for Kurt Angle. His last angle slam he was ever going to hit on SmackDown Live, and he freaking botches the thing. <laughs> oh, I felt so bad for Kurt. Stands up. He didn't get his balance right and tried to go for the angle slam and just did not look good. Final angle slam of SmackDown Live. That's just unfortunate there, but it's just a little thing. Um, also announced next week we get Ray versus Kurt on Raw, which I'm really excited for yeah, as well. That's a nice little uh, callback as well to their days. All right. WrestleMania 22. Yes, sir. Kurt, Randy, and Ray. Yes, sir. All right, let's go on to the Miz promo. The fiery babyface Miz. Awesome stuff. Falls count anywhere match. Amazing. Amazing stipulation for this. Oh, amazing. What's Shane going to jump off of? It's it's going to happen. Is it the Raptors? Is it the Titan Tron? Is it whatever set they've got built for WrestleMania? He is going to jump off of something big, and I don't know what, but I'm excited for it. I wonder if it's going to be a, a helicopter. Maybe, yeah. An elbow <laughs> drop out of a copter like 10,000 feet in the air. Hell yeah, let's do it. Well, didn't, didn't <laughs> something happen like that? It was a copter or a plane or something, and Shane... 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He something he was happened a, like that. Like a and a then I remember crash or something, wasn't he? Yeah, during yeah. the Shane and KO rivalry, KO referenced it. He's like, "Look, Dad, I can survive a helicopter crash. <laughs> Please love me." Jeez, just looking back on that, holy crap, we could have lost Shane McMahon a long time ago with that. Yeah, that's scary to think. But um, uh, but now we've yeah, got the no. best in the world. I'm excited for Ms. Shane. Uh, Ms. is a baby face. I mean, Ms. is my boy, as you know. It's my favorite. And he continues to prove, like, give that man, he, much like Chris Jericho, give him any role and he can he can pretty much kill it. He can kill it. He's, he's also a great like, character worker. Yeah, he, he's very much, I, I don't know, like, is it safe to say he is like our generation's Christian? in terms of how undervalued he is, how good he is I on the so. microphone. And oh, yeah, how, I think so. Yeah, I, I'd say that that is probably a fair comparison. Our, our generation From an undervalued, undervalued standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely amazing stuff from The Miz. And and, and always healthy. Always Christian healthy. didn't Christian didn't get injured, shockingly, until very late in his career. Yeah. You know what I literally just watched? Uh, it would have been two days ago. I watched WrestleMania 16, and that was that uh, triangle ladder match with the Dudley Boys and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Hardys and Edge and Christian. What a match. Is that the one when... Um, it's not even the best of their three that they have. It's not the TLC the match, one? but... Which one is it when... The, the one where the finish is where Edge and Christian are on the two ladders on top. with the yeah. table across, and they grab the Is table. that the finish? That's the yeah, finish, and they're yeah. sitting and they're sitting up top holding the titles. That's yep. one of my favorite pictures in wrestling history i remember i I think it might have been like the one or two episodes that i've listened of the enc pod right i i don't listen to it very often but one of the stories that i remember them telling is when they were on because you're a hoser (laughs) when when they were on top of that table on top of the ladders the final image was supposed to be edge and christian standing up holding the titles but (laughs) christian couldn't move because the ladder was about to fall or something like that. And so you see him awkwardly trying to reach up to grab the title, and you can see him tap on Edge and say, pass me the title, I can't move. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny, um, but just yeah. a cool little thing to hear from behind the scenes with that. And just- that's one of my favorite little scenes to see, like pictures, like I said, because especially as a Canadian kid loving wrestling, knowing those two are Canadian and from near here and everything, and it's just one of those... Uh, it's a good like they represent good right yep. like it's funny how that happens because they it feels like they're representing us mm-hmm. right and in I'm way, like yeah, that's sure. even though they were heels and the bad guys and blah 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 always it's just still like from the realistic standpoint like well hey if they did it maybe someday someone like us can do it right like yeah. anyone from around it doesn't limit them because they're not from where it would be more helpful to be from. Yep. So It's awesome. Great, great guys. Okay, let's move on now to what you are going to call your match of the week, I believe, right? Yep. The gauntlet match. Uh, I'm going to give my match of the week quickly to Charlotte and Oscar just before we do that. I love the match. Anyways, gauntlet Yeah, that match. was probably my second match of the week, yeah. Charlotte Oscar. Gauntlet match. And I, honestly, order- I think... <laughs> Go ahead. I think Charlotte versus Oscar was a better match... But I loved the way that this match built, and I loved the storytelling of this match. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, you can sit here and say, like, this is the best match or this is the best match. But really, what is considered a 
a match in WWE? It, what is the goal? Is it oh, it's all on, subjective. Yeah, is it is it to put on the best athletic contest, or is it to get the biggest response out of the crowd? That has always been the question with wrestling fans. Which way yeah. do you go? To more of the entertainment side, or more of the pure wrestling side? And honestly, this this gauntlet match had more of the entertainment side. Like it was still good wrestling, but more so towards the entertainment side. And the drama of it, it was amazing. Oh, it, it was a, it, you know, I will say this. It was a goddamn film. Yeah. This match was a film because I was so invested and I was just sitting there watching being like, what's going to happen next? And the ups and the downs. And I'm like, I'm so invested. And I'm like, this is crazy. How is it going to finish? How's it going to finish? And I assumed, you know, the what's going to be the finish, but you don't know how they're going to get there. And I loved everything, man. Like, unfortunate the club had a quick loss, but yep. it's cool. It's early. Big E and Xavier are fresh. They're ready to rock. They they get the quick finish on the club. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then they got... Uh, well, the way that they came out, it was Gallows and Anderson, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev, right. The Bar, Usos, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan. That's the order. Yeah. And then it slowly built, too, where... Shinsuke and Rusev got a little bit more offense in than the club did, and they started getting some decent moves, and then they got the win on them, and then the bar came out, and the bar and the New Day have had rivalries in the past, and how good of a tag team the bar is, and they mentioned it, commentary mentioned, they're five-time tag team champions. It's ridiculous, eh? In like three years. In like three years. I'm like, that's incredible. Um, And I was like, man, they're dominant, and they're awesome. Sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and they're awesome. And then they they lose, and then they put them like put Biggie through a table, and they beat the piss out of them. And I'm like, man, this is just building where like they're stacking up the odds, stacking up the odds. And then my personal favorite moment of God, what a moment of the match is Tear the up, Usos come out and commentary teams like. Biggie's literally still lying in the center of the ring through a table. Xavier's trying to help him, trying to get him up and ready and getting the table away from him. Usos come out and they get in, they get the mics and they start talking. And I knew it too. Like it was, it's one of those corny, cheesy movie moments where you know it's going to happen. You're like, yeah. oh, I know what's going to happen here. Uh, I don't know, again, how it was going to happen, whether it was just going to be they lie down and take the pin or they do the physical tap out. But instead, they're on the mic and they're like, hey, you know, we've had war with you guys. We have, like, much respect. And again, the Usos continue to be this amazing heel-ish babyface team where they're that perfect tweener, where you're like, they're heels because they're kind of dicks, but there's such a respect they have, for so many things. They have shades of gray to them, right? And that's awesome. Yeah. Shades of gray are amazing in wrestling. And I love them. And again, they're some of my favorite characters in wrestling. They're my favorite tag team in wrestling right now. And I I love it. And they come out and just cut their little promo. If anyone deserves it, it's Kofi. We've been through it with you guys. We know you guys. We know he deserves it. We've been backing him. We forfeit. Good luck. Yep. They dropped the mic and and Xavier it gave Xavier and Biggie enough time to kind of get a bit more to him and get Biggie back up on his feet. And I, I loved it. I was like, my heart warmed. My heart Mine warmed too. because it's that moment of like rivalry that 
you see in sports where it's like there's this hatred, but there's this mutual respect and love where you're like, shit, man, like there's a hatred there because of where they are in their Mm -hmm. professional sport. And then you're like, but the same time they just respect the hell out of each other and you're like god damn they are the washington capitals and the pittsburgh penguins they started out ov and crosby and where they couldn't stand each other and now you know they respect each other because they're the two of the best players in the game right literally Mm -hmm. literally where like crosby probably sat at home last year and watched the stanley cup finals rooting for ov like he deserves it Mm -hmm. that's the same thing yep exactly and uh then the final team was Rowan and Daniel Bryan. And, Which, by uh, the way, I'm going to give all credit to WWE with the way that they formed this whole gauntlet match. Having Daniel Bryan and Rowan be the final tag team that they have to overcome to get to WrestleMania, that mm-hmm. in itself is an amazing story. Yeah, and I also loved just the difference of wins and everything. Quick win against the club, it was a pin... Then they got a pin against Shinsuke and Rusev, or? Uh, so, let's see here. I think it was a pin against Shinsuke yeah, and up, Rusev. up, down, down to Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. And then uh, roll up, right? Oh, no, roll, roll up, up on Sheamus. Roll up on Sheamus. Yeah, uh, so that's another up, up, one. Down, just down, like a roll. Yeah, up, up, down, down to Rusev and Nakamura. Yeah, I and just then. love the, and then they had the count out to win it all which like just yeah the count out was awesome like the way that they hit him into the post a couple times Rowan and then they threw the table over top of him the announce table and got the count out and it just makes so much sense from like a uh, from a from a match standpoint like you're saying you're exhausted at the end you've got this big behemoth in Rowan that you're going to try to overcome why not take the count out victory right like that's just it's good little storytelling it was amazing and like I don't think I've ever been so hyped for a referee's count to 10 before. Like, that's oh, a way, yeah. that is drama in a, at its finest, you know? Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Like, I, I got goosebumps talking about it right now, man. Like, seriously. Yeah. And you could what hear it in the whole crowd, too. The entire crowd chanting, doing the 10 count. Mm-hmm. Like, when does the crowd care about a 10 count outside the ring? Like, right? Never. Like, that much. Not that since much. Ty Dillinger have they cared about a, uh, a count. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. I loved the match. Great job from Big E and Xavier Woods. Now, yeah, Kofi Kingston ran out immediately as well, which was lovely, and just to see them embrace and that mm-hmm. support. So, Like we mentioned at the start, it could very well still go wrong for Kofi Kingston, right? We don't know for sure if he, we we believe, but Vince McMahon seems to have something up his sleeve. We're going to find out something on SmackDown Live, I believe, next week. Uh, Before we go here, though, I just want to float a little booking idea past you. I read your tweet, you dick. (laughs) You literally are the worst person I've ever I saw your tweet. And also, that's literally what happened with Randy Orton and Batista and Triple H. I'm like, that's that would... (laughs) Yep, that's exactly it. I I don't think it's going to happen. But can you imagine the WrestleMania moment that would be... Oh, yeah. Or let's say the SmackDown Live after WrestleMania. Maybe that would be a better place for it to be, like the celebration of Kofi Kingston, whatever. 
Just and if anybody, I would do it. I would do it at Mania. Oh, I would do I, it. I would do, if yeah. if they were gonna do something like that, I would do it at Mania. Just be dicks. To to be yeah. Uh, to anybody who is wondering what it, my tweet was, it was essentially saying that they should have uh they should have the New Day reenact the Evolution split. So Kofi Kingston goes up on the shoulders of Big E, Xavier Woods, confetti falling down, all happy, thumbs up. Yeah, man, we did it. We did it. Now, down goes the thumb, and down goes Kofi Kingston. New Day turns and splits. Like that would be, I, I'm would a dick. Be I'm a dick for thinking it. But you're man. a dick, and you know what? I'll, I will say even more. You're a dick even more, because all I did listening to their promo at the beginning because I read it before I watched SmackDown. Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> I already knew the result. I had okay. already seen it on social media. Right. Um. So I had already seen the result on social media. I just hadn't seen the match and how it actually came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read it before I had watched SmackDown. And I, because of that, the entire time during the promo, all I did was sit there listening to the way that Xavier delivered things to yeah. be like, is he is he hinting at Because, like, you know, a couple of weeks back before Shane turned, we were listening to promos being like, yeah, he sounds yeah. like he's kind of teasing that he's going to turn heel. I, I found myself doing the same thing here, being like, I don't know, is Xavier, is the way that he's saying certain things just kind of dickish? Is he, Does it sound like he's going to betray his best friend at some point? Like, But yeah, so it, it, it messed with me on that level because <laughs> all I did was like, oh God, I hate Connor. So, like literally, I was sitting there like, I hate Con so much because oh. I'm just sitting there like, if this happens, I'm going to, be heartbroken like I'm gonna be, like all i've said exactly. for the last month is how much i love this brotherhood and how much support they have for each other and then all of a sudden if they do that like screw you ww <laughs> if you do it because you're breaking my heart yeah and you're putting like it's nearly bringing me to tears thinking about this happening it, i i just <sighs> i'm sitting here and like obviously you know my book in mind goes like crazy every time i watch wwe right and I'm just sitting there, and I would, I too was watching the promos. I'm thinking, this is storytelling 101, how to create a memorable heel turn and how to push people up the card. This very well could have been, yeah. if they, if this was planned from the start. Who knows, right? This very well could be like a uh, a shield type of breakup. You know, that important of a breakup to go on to create three stars for the company, like. Imagine if this breakup say were to happen. Well, you know, you've got now Big E and Xavier Woods in the main event scene. You know, yeah. I love them as the New Day, and I, I too will agree when I say I want to see the New Day remain together, right? I think them as a group together is... Then why would you say anything? Because I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's and in all, exactly fairness, in all fairness, out of the three of them, if one was going to stay face, it's Kofi. It's Kofi, yeah. As the champ, Xavier, I think would be a better heel. I think Xavier would be the best heel just because he's the best talker. Yeah, um, Biggie as a vicious Biggie heel though, just being makes a sense. physical. Yeah. yeah, just being a brick shit house, just being the physical prowess like yeah. presence he is, would be a good heel. Um, yeah, I read your tweet. I hate you. Um, who is your MVP? My MVP of the week is the New Day. I couldn't pick just one, but I yeah. I love the New Day. They were awesome. It's yeah. fair. My, they were very close to mine, but in 
I I want to say the new day, but I'm gonna give it to Charlotte Flair because she's been great. Okay. Uh, and I the major reason is I don't think that she's getting enough credit about the fact that this is title number eight. It's the record breaking yeah. title. They didn't focus on it a lot. They did it in a weird way, like the fact that she did it on SmackDown two weeks before WrestleMania. It is what it is, but they barely touched on it. And I saw, again, before I saw the match, I knew she was a champion because of social media. And I saw her um, her Instagram post of how important... And again, this was where she's been great, and they've all been great on Twitter, about saying like these characters and everything, being those characters on Twitter and blurring the lines... But this was one of those moments where you saw the real person come through it because she didn't have any character in this post. It was mm-hmm. just, I'm excited for, like, I, I'm so happy about this. And to do it against someone, the best person she's ever been in the ring with, Asuka, and that type of thing, I was like, oh, yeah, Charlotte's a real person, and this means a lot to her. Yeah. She's now the most winningest cha- women's champion in wrestling in WWE history. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what a, what a great heel way to do it too <laughs> by taking yeah. the title away from Oscar. Everything about that was great as a heel. Um, so Charlotte before, was great. Before and we New go, Day honorable mention. Before we go anywhere though, I just really want to quickly show you this photo. Take a look at Biggie in the background. That was from this past Tuesday Night SmackDown. Look at the face that he's making directly at Kofi Kingston. I don't know. Something tells me there might be something in store for Biggie. Or it's because he had just been put through a table. Less it could than be. It could be. I, I'm a fantasy booker. What can I say, my friend? That also kind of <laughs> looks like the type of face where he's in pain still. Maybe. I don't know. That's 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 a that's a interesting look. Could very well just be the the camera capturing it um at that time or. Maybe there's a little bit more. That's the I think if we paused wrestling. every second of this <laughs> podcast, there would be some weird looks that both probably, of us made. probably you'd be able to find some things, and just using that picture, we'd be able to be like, "Oh, this is what's happened." <laughs> uh, speaking so, of weird looks, stop. we got Marty <laughs> Scroll right here, uh, aka Bob, and yes, he looks identical to Marty Scroll right now. If you guys were wondering where you recognize him from, that's where big indie star yeah. uh but i believe that is going to do it for this That's week it. you can follow us on twitter it's down here at the bottom of the screen you can follow me at conman167 where can they follow you bob bob's wrestling b-o-b-s-r-a-s-s-l-i-n bob's wrestling b-o-b-s-r-a-s-s-l-i-n and very quickly, we officially now have SummerSlam tickets as well. We'll be sitting in section 323. If you guys want to cool. see us at or at SummerSlam, make sure you come to that as well. Do Toronto, not Ontario, come Canada. to our seats. No. Do not come to our seats. And that's, please don't. No, that would be a little but bit. But, like, fun, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hopefully be there and see you guys before the show, and we'll yep. set something up, hopefully. Absolutely, yes. But, guys, that'll do it for us today. I've been gone. And I've been Bob. And that was... The Con and Bob Podcast.